Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, sitting over in the Silman seat this morning, and we have got a lot of stuff to cover. There has been uh, several different news stories over the last couple of days. Uh, this morning, we're following social media in hopes that NASCAR will release the anticipated schedule at least for the next several weeks. I, we've gotten kind of a laid out plan in place, so we'll kind of fill you in on what we know so far. Um, later on in the hour, we're going to be joined by Motorsport.com uh, journalist and our friend, also one of our correspondents here on the show, Nick DeGroote, will join us. And uh, we're going to have a little fun doing a little NASCAR draft, our own version of what a draft might look like. Uh, I will explain the rules. We each have our own little picks. We'll talk about that. And we're going to have a, a very unique discussion about uh, NASCAR's fan base and, and how passionate the NASCAR fan base is, good and bad. It relates to every time NASCAR makes an announcement or a decision Twitter blows up, so we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> um, so the the two top news stories, uh, and we'll get into this with Nick uh, after the break as well, but the two top news stories of the day uh, happened yesterday. Uh, number one, uh, Ryan Newman was on the iRacing broadcast um, on Fox yesterday and made the announcement that he is going to return to the seat of the six car, effective when NASCAR returns to competition, which we assume is going to be Darlington in a couple of weeks. Um Right after that, or a couple of hours after that, uh, NASCAR made the announcement that he has been medically cleared to return, so I guess it kind of went hand-in-hand. He actually did a uh, a test in Darlington before the coronavirus shutdown uh, where he got his medical clearance, so he's actually been cleared for a little while, but they wanted to kind of keep it a little bit of a secret. So, of course, that opened uh, the door for what we thought was going to be Ross Chastain's next, uh, I guess, job assignment would be in the 42 car, but that did not happen either as Chip Ganassi Racing decided to uh, drop the, the bomb on that one uh, late yesterday and uh, put Matt Kenseth in the car for the foreseeable future. He will be in the car for the remainder of uh, the 2020 season. Uh, I don't. At first, I didn't know what to make of this, but then I started thinking about the history that, that Matt has with Kurt Busch because they were both teammates at Roush, and I, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting pairing when we get back going, Tom. Well, it is, and I don't think anybody really expected this. Matt didn't even expect it, he said. Yeah, I mean, um, well, yeah, his comment was, you know, I really wasn't even thinking about racing as of a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, then I think he, when Chip called him, he kind of saw the opportunity. And that's really where I think this this started now you know here's what's interesting according to jenna fryer and some other sources basically the search from chip standpoint focused on two two guys Uh, one carl edwards who he called and i guess carl took a day or two to think about it then decided he you know really wasn't interested and so um somebody suggested well why don't we call matt and matt ends up getting the nod um, the, the issue with Ross Chastain is apparently his main sponsor, uh, Ag Nutrients. Um, the, the contract and the way that the contract is worded and, and, and the stipulations that are in place would have prevented him from accepting this offer mm-hmm. unless they went with him to cup. 
And because of Credit One and McDonald's, the already existing sponsorship has, they weren't able to figure out the way to do that. So we could get Nick uh, DeGroote's uh, input on all of this. But this was basically, I think, a case of, you know, Chip loves winners, obviously, and Matt's a winner. Um, And he's been a winner in the past. And Chip also likes publicity. And, you know, this was this was a very high publicity move. Think Juan Pablo Montoya. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Nobody saw that coming either years ago. But Chip brought him in anticipating, um, you know, a bunch of um, international sponsors and such. So Mm -hmm. interesting stuff. uh, The Kenseth running the um, the 42. And I think, again, to me, it's a 50 50 and we'll get Nick's. Two cents. I think it's a it's it's a fifty fifty gamble. Either Matt comes out and picks up on everything right away and the, and and starts running up front and, and maybe wins a race, um, or you know Matt comes out and it just never quite clicks. I mean, it's right. again um, he's been out of it for a little bit. I think you have to dismiss everything he did in the six car because the six car when he got in it was a bad car. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to get better just toward the end. And now, of course, with a new crew chief and a whole new situation over there, Ryan Newman's had it, you know, running very well. Um, but uh, interesting stuff. I mean, this was nobody saw this coming. Right. And, and it's just the kind of thing that Chip Ganassi loves to do. And I, I, I respect and appreciate Chip for it. That's, that's very true. And we'll see, you know, how that tandem does uh, as we get on back, back into the season. I think we have a caller on the line. I don't think it's Nick because Nick is calling in the next segment. But no. uh, hello, caller. You're on the, on the air with the Inside Pass. I am calling for Jeff McNeely. Uh, you're calling the wrong show, ma'am. Is he not there? Uh, that, you're calling the wrong number. I don't think we have a Jeff McNeely here. Is this 14, three, 1400? Uh, no, it is not. This is WSIC. It's the wrong number. Thank you for okay. calling. Anyway, all right. So, uh, so yeah, Nick is going to join us in the, in the next summer. We'll talk more about uh, the Ryan Newman situation. We'll talk more about that as well. I, I do want to get into uh, the iRacing thing a little bit. Alex Bowman won the most recent uh, inception of the race. So, uh, I guess whatever they're doing at Hendrick is paying off because they are all you know, winning back to back to back, it seems like. So uh, good good job by uh, Alex Bowman. I think the race was really good. I started, I'm, I'm actually starting to get into the iRacing thing a little bit now. It's not, it's still not my cup of tea, but I, I'm enjoying the, the, the entertainment value of it and having Gordon on there and, and, and Clint Boyer is just amazing. I, I love the whole aspect of the entertainment. Oh, I thought, I thought Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon was like a five-year-old in a candy yes. store. He was so enthused and so excited and was having so much fun. You know, he goes 25 feet in the air and uh, he he uh, he's going, Woo, this is fun. You know, (laughs) um, managed to hang a cup car on the wall, Um, you know, but he just had a great time. Him and Clint were really good together. And, you know, we talked on lead lap last night about uh, we, we wondered whether or not Kenseth now will enter Sunday's Dover race. And, you know, somebody said, well, maybe he doesn't have a sim rig. And I said, well, I know where there's one. They may have to borrow caches again. You know, that was part, that was right. one of the funniest parts of the broadcast when Clint, Clint Boyer's little son, Cash, you know, Gordon Short. Right. So, you know, Gordon had to have a rig to, to, to race. So um, the, 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 the story went that he borrowed Cash's rig because, well, Cash is a little <laughs> kid. And he fit the rig perfectly. And Cash goes, I want my rig back when you're done with it. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, he's the spitting so, image of Clint Boyer with yeah, every, every ounce of his, of his being. He cannot. 
cannot he cannot deny that. So maybe we um, can squeeze Matt into that one. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> Denny Hamlin finished last because his daughter turned off his TV. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, grab the screaming remote, blank in the, the middle of, of his race. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> Nick DeGroote on the other side of the break. You're you done, are watching man. and listening to the Inside Pass on WSIC. We'll be back in just a minute. This is News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Concord turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Financial stuff, it's so confusing. Where do you even start? With a trusted partner who knows the options and can understand your individual needs. That partner is Joshua Doby from the North Main Financial Group in Cornelius and host of North Main Financial, Saturdays at noon on WSIC. Hello, this is Joshua Doby, and I'm excited to share financial education while securing your financial future. Whether it's stocks, bonds, life insurance, partnerships, or anything else, we're here to help. Join me Saturdays at noon and visit us at NorthMainFinancial.com. WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Koser. All right, tonight we'll see a low of 55. Tomorrow starts quiet, and it'll be warm with a high of 78. Later in the day, though, a 60% chance for showers and storms, and that rain will last in early Thursday morning, clearing out by the afternoon, and it'll be cooler with a high of 67. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. There's a problem with coffee today. We throw it in our shopping carts and just drink it out of habit. Transform your coffee experience with Black Powder Coffee, roasted right here in Mooresville. Black Powder Coffee gives you a prime-roasted craft blend at a reasonable price. Depending on the bean, you'll taste subtle notes of vanilla, berries, and chocolates with a smooth finish. Pick up Black Powder Coffee at Harris Teeter, Ingalls, Publix, La Fresca, The Coffee Lodge, or Lowry Drug. When you're in Mooresville, stop by the roastery, 256 Raceway Drive, blackpowdercoffee.com. Right now, more than 125,000 children are waiting to be adopted from foster care. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption works around the clock to find them the permanent loving homes they deserve. You can help. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. This is Justin Loft, and you're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSSC. Thank you so much for watching us. If you're watching us on uh, the digital channel 25.2 in the greater Lake Norman area or one of the three WSIC radio stations, 100.5 FM, 
100.7 FM or 1400 AM. Thank you so much for uh, participating in our show. Don't know if the Facebook Live is up. We've been trying to get it to come up, and it's just a slide. So if it's, if you're trying to watch on Facebook Live, bear with us. You can hear us. Just you can hear us. There we go. And oh, good. there you go. See, I I, I made the, I made request, <laughs> and they happen. Uh, Nick is going to join us in a little bit. He uh, he got called into a conference call, so hopefully he'll be uh, he'll be with us here in just a little bit. Hopefully nothing uh, too major going on. Um, w- let's talk about the NASCAR schedule. So uh, this morning, uh, I've seen a lot of people on social media. Uh, crew chiefs and, and car owners and things talking about the perver- the schedule that apparently NASCAR has has been given the teams in terms of this is what we're going to do for the foreseeable future. It's not a complete, you know, A to Z schedule because we just don't know what A to Z is going to be. We don't know, you know, it's like here's A and there's B down there and we don't know how we're going to get over there, but eventually we're going to make it to the other side <laughs> and get to B uh, at some point in time during the year. But NASCAR is basically trying to tell the teams, look, uh, the state of North Carolina is letting us go back to work. So a lot of the teams have been calling employees yesterday, today. A lot of them are going back this week. Some of them have already gone back to work. Some of them are going back later in the week to kind of help get things back in order again. Keep in mind, these teams haven't been back in the shop for over a month. So the the, the shops have been pretty much left unattended, un. You know, I'm sure they're dusty and they're dirty and, you know, they're hot, I'm sure, because there's been no AC running or anything like that. So it's basically going in and just kind of cleaning up everything and getting everything open and, and aired out and then kind of evaluating what do we what do we need to do from here. Because the, the cars that are already done are Atlanta and Homestead. We're not going there. <laughs> the, right now, it looks like the first two races on the schedule are going to be Darlington and Charlotte. So... I don't, I'm not a team owner. I'm not a team member. I don't know how this works, but I know they only have a certain number of chassis that they have to work with, and I don't know if any of those two chassis that they have available fit the two tracks we're going to. Tom, maybe you can shed some light on how this is supposed to work. Well, I mean, we had two races that were that were coming up before everything, Correct. the world stopped. Right. Um, they were Atlanta and Homestead. Mm-hmm. So you've got a mile and a half, and... You know, roughly a, a mile and a half. Um, so you're you're going to take one of those cars, and you're going to make it your Charlotte car. The other, I, I'm sure that that coming up with a Darlington car is not going to be that difficult. We ran Phoenix. Yeah, so, I don't I mean. think that the first two races are the issue. Now, here's where this here's where this really starts to get tricky. You're not talking about Sunday, 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 Sunday. You're talking about Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday mm-hmm. right now. In other words, Sunday the 17th at Darlington is the working plan at the moment right. to resume. Then you, three days later, Charlotte for a 400 race on Wednesday. Then a few days later, the 600 on Sunday at Charlotte. We presume it would still be a nighttime event the way that it was scheduled to be, even though Indy and Monaco are now not an issue. Um, and then you go a few days later on a Wednesday to Bristol, and then a few days later on a Sunday to Atlanta. Those are your first five that are on the schedule for the moment. And then you they're tentatively from what we're hearing anyway and again this is accurate now 10 minutes from now could <laughs> well, the time the show ends it may be right. totally different but. but uh texas would be the next one and and so you're you're looking at a racing every three days two races a week they're trying to get eight races seven to eight races in in the first month that's the goal now whether they can achieve that or not is a different matter um 
you know, of course, it, it the weekend weather for the most part around this part of the country, with the exception of one or two days and we've had some storms, has been beautiful. It'll probably start raining about the time we go back racing, but that's that, you know, but it's, you know, this is going to be that's the challenge. I think more than do we have a car ready? It's going to be can we turn cars around and get everything, you know, turned around in, in three days time? Because there's a lot of little things that go into play play here. You know, hauler drivers have jobs between races, taking care of the hauler, putting different parts in, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, crew members are, you know, you're looking at two races a week now. Um, and a lot of the smaller teams double between shop and crew help. So how is that going to work? Right. You know, how are they going to turn the car around for the next race in three days when they're trying to be on the road to that race? Um, so it's, you know, <laughs> this is going to be, if you want to watch pure insanity, this is what you're going to see. It's, 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 it's kind of, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, right. it, but it's kind of Keystone cops. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to be running around like crazy people and drinking a lot of Red Bull, you know, over the, a lot of energy That's drinks pretty true. for the first four weeks. Pretty true. Uh, you, you have two. I've seen a lot of the, the smaller team owners going on and kind of defending NASCAR's decision because a lot of the fan base, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but a lot of the fan base is kind of wondering why we're, you know, sticking to to tracks here in the area as opposed to kind of going far out. And I know we've talked about, you know, the drivers themselves have said, look, we don't, we don't want to go anywhere. We have to stay in a hotel. Right. We, we want to be as safe as possible. Right. But from a small team owner standpoint, a lot of these smaller teams don't forget aren't getting paid right now. So a lot of these teams don't have the money to put fuel in their haulers and drive across the country to run a race that they were going to finish dead last in and get half the money that they spent to go there. So by going to Charlotte and Darlington and Bristol, they're not having to spend as much money to get to the track. Therefore, they're going to actually gain a little bit of overhead um, in the long run. Because even if you go to Charlotte and finish last, you'll probably end up making more money than you spent getting there because you just you know right, hop, exactly. hop in and drive. So right. it's it's more of it's not so much that as as it is helping everybody you know kind of get back going again because. Until we get going again, the money from the TV networks isn't going to come in either. So once they get that money in, then the teams will start getting paid again, and then in which case we'll get a whole lot better off economically than we are right now. But well, I think it's worth restating too, um, just so everybody understands. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this for now: thirty-six races on the schedule, thirty-six right. races of TV money. NASCAR wants to get 36 races in. Mm -hmm. This is not about the schedule we had in January anymore. It's about where we can safely and efficiently go and start getting races in toward that 36 number because we need that revenue. Which we're at 32 now because we did run four races. So we're at 32. So they need to get 32 races in. And this is why you're seeing a Wednesday, Sunday Mm -hmm. double at at Charlotte. Uh, and you're seeing a, an extra Darlington race. This is not, we're not moving the Southern 500 up. Right. This is just it's where we fans. can go race. Yeah. So Sonoma, we know, is probably not going to be a thing because California is not going to open until 21 at the rate they're mm-hmm. going. Um, you know, Governor Newsom's been pretty, you know, adamant that we're just not holding any major events. I don't know how they're going to do football, but that's all other story. But the, the Sonoma race probably not going to happen. So there, there was conversation about an extra race at the Roval. Um, we'll see. That hasn't been determined yet. So there's, again, this is about if we got to go to, you know, uh, if we got to take six tracks and run them all three times to start the season, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Whatever whatever it takes. You know, and the whatever other series takes. are going to tag along as they can. And I think even ARCA is being told 
expect to run more with the cup series at the cup tracks. Um, the problem they've got is that leaves out a portion of the arc of field. Who's not old enough to run those speedways. Right. So again, there's, there's still this, this whole schedule thing is literally reinventing itself daily. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing the best we can to try and give you the most accurate information we have as of the time the show airs. But again, you could hear something completely different four hours from now. And that's not because NASCAR doesn't know what they're doing. It's because governments and other entities are making decisions that, that dictate what NASCAR can or can't do. Right. Which is why there's no long-term plan for what we're going to do to get to B because we don't know where B is going to be, you know, in the grand scheme of, you know, how we get to the summer and, you know, there's all this talk about, um, right. you know, heat and if heat has an effect on it and, you know, as this things open up, I'm sure more tracks will be, okay, you can come here now, you can come here now, you can come here now, but then NASCAR is going to be like, okay, well, how far away are we willing to go um, to be able to get these guys in there, race and get them out and without having to stay over for a long period of time? And then, you know, we're talking about a Sunday-Wednesday type schedule because right now that's it's looking like it's going to be a Sunday-Wednesday schedule for at least the first four or five weeks. Right. What happens if we get a? What happens if if it gets rained out on a Sunday and we have to run a Monday or a Tuesday? You know what I mean? Like, right. there's so many, there there's so many other variables within the schedule of you know what happens if we do get rained out on a on Sunday and have to run it on a Monday. You know, now you're you're talking about two days between races. You know, and yeah. then if it gets rained out on Monday and you have to run on Tuesday, now you have to race two days in a row. I mean, well, there's a lot of things that – I mean, I don't know how far they push it before they go, look, we have another race coming. I mean, yeah. unless it's Charlotte, if it's the 400 and 600, that's different. But Well, the other part, too, is, again, you know, you look at, for example, Virginia. Virginia is locked down until mid-June mm-hmm. almost as of right now. We could literally go off the air in a few minutes, and then this afternoon, you know, the governor there says, well, we're, we're, we're going to move it ahead – to May 30th. Well, now all of a sudden in early June, you could go to Martinsville. Right. Whereas that wasn't, or Richmond, yeah, but right. that wasn't possible while we were on the air here right, right. now. Exactly. So this is literally how things are changing. And this is why, you know, people are saying, well, NASCAR should make up their mind. They're trying. <laughs> There's, they've got an answer to, uh, uh, for example, here in North Carolina, Governor Cooper says, hey, fine, NASCAR teams, go to the shops, do what you got to do. Cabarrus and Mech, uh, counties, not so fast. Right. You know, so this is why they're not back in the shops today. They might be back as early as late Thursday, early Friday. But, you know, again, the state says one thing. The local municipalities may say something different. Mm-hmm. This is what we're dealing with right now. And it affects NASCAR and it affects all the short tracks as well. They have a whole different problem because it's very hard to open a short track without fans. And I'm not sure that we're going to see many short tracks opening before July at right. this point, right. honestly, exactly in most right. of the country. Yep. And to, to your point about Governor Cooper, too, he's the reason why they haven't made the official announcement about the Coca-Cola 600 is because Cooper's not left it up to him. He left it up to the uh, Health and Human Services Department, right. which is Mandy Cohen, and her team trying to go through all of the data to see if NASCAR's plan. Basically, what ended up happening is, is that NASCAR submitted a plan to the Health and Human Services Department saying, if you let us race, this is what we can do to keep the driver safe. That plan went to Governor Cooper's desk. He approved it and gave it to them and said, as long as the as long as the Health and Human Services Department says it's safe, then all for it. And that she was going over the data over the weekend. I thought yesterday during the press conference we'd hear something we didn't. There's another press conference today at three o'clock, so maybe that press conference she'll uh, officially say yes right. or no. 
But until they get the official word that the 600 will happen on Memorial Day weekend, that that date is even, you know, hmm. we don't know. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to have a little NASCAR draft. The NFL draft was last week. So this week we're going to do our own kind of NASCAR draft. I'll explain when we come back on the Inside Pass. Stick with us. This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Denver turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Covering Mooresville and the region, WSIC News is next. You've turned in to hear local news and so have a lot of other people. Your business could be advertising right here. Find out how affordable it can be. Call 704-872-6345, 704-872-6345. Good morning, this is Margaret Beveridge with your latest news. Starting this week, the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services will share additional information regarding outbreaks at nursing homes. The new report will include the names of facilities where there are ongoing outbreaks as well as the number of positive COVID-19 cases and deaths at the facility. This change in reporting is aimed at achieving standardized reporting in congregate living settings at both the state and county level. In addition to names of nursing homes and case count, NC Department of Health and Human Services will also share case counts associated with zip code. This information can be found at ncdhhs.gov. The Rowan County Tax Collector's Office remains available to all taxpayers. Although walk-in services are not available, the Tax Collector's Office is staffed and ready to take your calls and answer questions regarding property taxes. As a simple reminder, the 2020 taxes will be mailed in July. Stay tuned to WSIC throughout the day for more. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. I'm Pastor Chris Thompson, and I want to invite you to join me this Sunday at 10 a.m. for the River of Life broadcast on WSIC, where we open God's Word and discover how God's truth transforms our life. That's the River of Life broadcast on WSIC at 10 a.m. Randy Marion's the king of price. Go check out the great deals on new and pre-owned vehicles. Whatever your needs are, Randy Marion Ford of Statesville's got you covered. Go see him today. You'll be glad you did. Randy Marion Ford, I-77, exit 49B. Visit randymarionford.com. Hello, race fans. I'm Tom Baker, inviting you to join Randy Miller and me every Tuesday morning from 11 to noon for the Inside Pass, an hour of motorsports conversation with your calls and special guests here on WSIC. Hey, hey, this is Tracy Austin, the host of the Mental Fitness Matters show on WSIC. If you are a parent out there and your child is struggling with focus and attention in the classroom or at home, we may have a solution for you. At New Mentality, we are able to see what the brain is doing in real time and provide solutions for you and your family without the use of medication. Contact us today at 704-799-1270. This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Lincolnton turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Man, what some great radio hosts. You're listening to the Inside Pass. Thank you, Chris Rice. Welcome back to the Inside Pass on WSIC. I just thought we don't have Nick's uh, reentry. I don't think he ever did one. Well, you need we'll to fix to, that. We'll have to fix that. Yes. Uh, let's go to the Strutmasters.com hotline, uh, even though it's not the official hotline because that line apparently isn't working this morning. But uh, it's on, all the same. on the line, uh, we have uh, Nick DeGroot from Motorsport.com. Uh, buddy, thank you for, uh, for taking time out to join us. I know this morning has kind of been a little hectic, but uh, glad everything is, is okay uh, up where you are. Yes, sir. Uh, glad to be here. 
little bit late, but glad to be here nonetheless. Better late than never, sir. That's what That's I always exactly say. That's exactly right. It's better late than never. All right. So uh, we're going to – you actually called in just in time. We were going to do our, our NASCAR draft, um, and we'll talk to you about the, the breaking news stories in a little bit. But I wanted to kind of do something fun. A lot of uh, a lot of the shows have done this. Um, we were actually supposed to do it last week, but I forgot about the draft, so my bad. Um, so we're going to do it this <laughs> week instead. So our version of, of the draft is called the Inside Pass Draft. So basically what we're doing is me, Tom, and Nick are all picking four drivers. The first driver has to be a veteran driver who is currently not running in any of the big three series. Well, it now eliminates Matt Kenseth uh, from the, from the uh, spectrum. The other three drivers have to be drivers who have not had any starts in any of the four. Hang on. I did my own rules. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> the one veteran driver not currently racing in the big four and three drivers who have made zero career starts in either Xfinity or Cup. So they could have run trucks, but not Xfinity or Cup. Um, and then I put just a bunch of series that, that we can choose from, Formula 2, Formula 3, basically any open-wheel series, ARCA, Trucks, Wheel of Modified, Cars Tour, or basically any asphalt touring series, World of Outlaws, World of Outlaws Late Models, on down to your local your local tracks. So we'll start with the veteran drivers first. Well, the reason why I did the veteran drivers is because I feel like if I'm going to start a team, whether it be a three-car team or four-car team, I feel like you always need a veteran presence. You always need somebody to be a mentor for the kids coming up into the series um, and, and just be that person that's going to kind of pave the way for the guys underneath of them. You, you've seen it happen with Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon and, and even Dale Jr. He's developed you know, his kids at, at Junior Motorsports, which has actually started the whole initiative of the driver development program that Chevrolet has and so on and so forth. So um, we'll start with Nick, and then Tom will pick his, and I'll pick mine, and then we'll just kind of go around and do all of our picks. So, Nick, who did you pick on your team for your veteran driver? Kyle Edwards. Carl Edwards. That's, that's a good pick. He, Great example. You almost lost him as a pick had he signed with Ganassi yesterday, but that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah. Tom, who, who would that be? it would have been Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two would have been yeah. my pick. I would have just switched it in the middle of the sentence. All right. I didn't even have to think twice about this one because I've known this veteran since he was five years old starting his own racing career. I'm picking Regan Smith. That's a good pick. And yes. he actually was somebody I had on my list for a while, yeah. too, and I thought, eh, I'm going to go. And... Uh, kind of playing off of your thing, my my veteran is somebody who I feel like if they had a good quality ride, they'd still be competitive, and that's Trevor Bain. I feel like if Trevor Ooh, Bain was in a I was agree. in a good quality ride, I feel like he would still be a very good driver, and I think he would be a good mentor he's for somebody. A great mentor, um, yeah. having come back from from what he's come back from. So much of what needs like to be for a mentor is off track character, right? And, Trevor, and by the way, these picks Trevor that. is has said, has gone on record and said he would come back racing if he got a good quality ride. So just yeah. because he's not racing right now doesn't mean he won't race in the future. All right, so that so veteran drivers we got um, we got Carl Edwards, we, we got Regan Smith, we got Trevor Bain. So Nick pick. Your first uh, driver that you would draft from outside of the NASCAR realm, somebody that you would put into a race car right now if you had a million dollars. Please tell me you don't have a million dollars because I'm going to ask you for money when we get off. The air. <laughs> yeah. No, but who, who would be who would be New your show sponsor? <laughs> who would be your first pick uh, for a uh, draft? I'm going to reach out into IndyCar and I'm going to say Alexander Rossi. Ah, that would be a Ooh. really good pick. Wow, I think, I, would, I think he, that yeah. it would be interesting. Yeah, I think he'd be. He'd drive just about anything. So you put him behind the wheel of a good stock car. I think he'd get the job done. Yeah, that's uh, sure. that's really interesting. I'm actually uh, the first driver that I thought of for this category. I'm going to the modified ranks, and I'm going to take Doug Kobe. Ah, another good pick. Doug Kobe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if he could do Kobe's half of what uh, what Ryan Priest has been able to do, moving up from modifieds into the, yep. the Cup cars, and even Xfinity when he was running for Junior Motorsports last year, that'd be a good pick. My first pick, I decided to go uh, dirt racing because I, I feel like we need the, the next. I say the next Kyle Larson, but 
that's a little let's say Christopher Bell instead. Um, <laughs> I went with okay. I went with uh, with Aaron Reitzel. Um, I watched Aaron when he was running local races when he was running yeah. up in, in uh, Oklahoma and, and Texas. He used to run my local dirt track all the time. Exceptionally talented driver, and, and I feel like if he if he really had the opportunity to go run in the asphalt series, I think he'd do really well. So my first pick is, is Aaron Reitzel. Okay, Nick, uh, your second pick for your team. For this one, I wanted to look in the truck series and kind of think, okay, who here who hasn't done Cup or Xfinity before would I want to pick out of this and place in my car? And the name that kept popping up to me was Christian Eckes. I think he could be a good young shoe. Speaking of Christian Eckes, he's on the show next week. Looking forward Perfect. to that. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I also went truck. I'll let you know that you picked him on your team, by the yeah, way. Yeah, there you go. I went trucking for my <laughs> second pick, too, and another driver I've known since he was about 14. I absolutely believe this this kid is a cup champion of the future, Tyler Ankrum. Yeah. Tyler 100%. Is, yeah, I think Tyler's going to be a really big superstar uh, in, in the making, you know, a couple of years from now. He just needs a... He needs to get back racing, first of all. Yeah. But he just needs a, a good season with a really good team, which I think he has that with GMS. I, I think as we get into the summer months, I think you'll see him really start to shine. And what he did last year, and the you know making the cha- almost making it to the final four in the playoffs, is just amazing uh, to see the talent that that kid has. Uh, for my second pick, I kind of went. A little lower than Tyler Ankrum, but somebody that I feel like is is another superstar in the making. He's actually a Venturini driver. I went with Drew Dollar. I think Drew yeah, would be Drew a very good sure. yeah. good guy. Yeah. Um, you know, later on he gets a, a full season under his belt at Venturini. I think he's going to be a really big superstar as yep. well. So he's my second pick. Um, all right, Nick, uh, who is your third and final pick for your fantasy draft? This one was a tough one, but it's funny because his name has already been said, and I didn't think anyone else would pick him. But I decided to go with another truck driver, and again, Tyler Ankrum. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Tyler has just got that kind of personality. For my for my third pick, I went back to my home division, the Super Modifieds, and they've got a young driver right now that is he he's he's on his way up, and he has proven that he can adapt and drive just about anything you put him into the front. And that is young Tyler Thompson, won the Oswego Classic last year. Tyler's going to be a driver. He's only 17, so he, he needs some time and some development. But I think Tyler Thompson is the star of the future. I'm putting him on my draft team and taking him up through the ranks. And there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent that comes from the Northeast. Uh, if you look yeah. at you know guys like uh, Martin Truex and Joe Logano, yep. and, uh, the list goes on and on and on of guys from that area that have gone on to do good things. So my last pick is going to be, I kind of went, I don't know, out of left field, I guess. I, I, most of hardcore racers probably know who he is, but if you don't follow IndyCar racing, if you don't follow the stadiums, the uh, Robbie Gordon Stadium trucks, you probably wouldn't know who he is. Um, it's Matthew Brabram. Um, Matthew dominated Indy, uh, the Formula 2, I believe, or Indy Lights. It was Indy Lights, I think he dominated okay. in 2016. Yeah. I think he won like nine of the 13 races or something like that. He ended up winning the championship. He's now running in the stadium truck series for Robbie Gordon. He's won the last two championships in that series as well. So he's an all-around talent, and I think if you look at what Jimmy Johnson has done in his career, he started in the trucks like the Mickey Thompson series and went on to, to run in the Cup series. I think you need that kind of unique difference of, of – um, whatever uh what am i trying to say like um balance i guess of okay. different different uh different types of racing uh justin lofton did it now he went the other way but he started in, in nascar and kind of yep. went back into the um into the desert racing but he's done a great job too so, uh, i think all around great picks by everybody i, I think that's it's a really good 
Uh, there weren't enough rounds in this one. There wasn't enough. It was, but, I, you know, like I fought. I mean, you got guys like Jesse Love. Yeah. You know, you yeah, got. I struggled with him too because you know, I really Jacob Perry uh, from up in the Northeast, a yeah. young modified prospect. I mean, there's just, there are tons in the trucks and the cars, late models. I mean, you know, uh, I, I think you need a longer draft, but I, th- I think right. it's a fun exercise to do just if, if nothing else it lets us talk about some different yeah. uh well drivers. i went with four people because the nascar rule state you can only have a team of four so i mean oh, unless you okay. had a you know unless you you had so you were going by i got you i okay. was going by by official rule gotcha. books because we yeah. can't draft like an nfl team we don't have enough people and with social distancing we couldn't have them all to check anyway so um i, I just i figured four guy four would be would be good unless you were going to do like you know like a hendrick type of thing where you would have you know four guys in cup and four well, that's guys what i was in kind of thinking we could so. do at some point later and you know because i mean you're missing i mean you got Max take your picks and plug them into you where got, you would do there's there are tons oh yeah you know oh yeah. doug kells is on our chat uh, yeah. actually backed up the mclaughlin pick oh, well there um, you go doug is uh Doug is a uh, former Oswego Speedway super modified racer too. I had him on. I so. had Max on my team for a while too because I thought you know second generation driver he would be you yeah know, I mean a very good choice you know, for somebody. Again, team, I, so. I think it would be fun to sort of um, maybe in the off season we could do something with this uh, or later in the year just sort of fill out a uh, development type roster so you have you know Cup Xfinity truck. Yeah. You know, Arca, really season. I don't you know, want to do anything fantasy wise with Nick because he kicks our butts every week. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's lead, he's lead, he's been leading the fantasy standings for about two months now because uh, suddenly he, you know, he he like shot off like a rocket when we started the the fantasy thing. Had like a two hundred point lead. Jacob started catching him, and then all of a sudden the coronavirus hit, and I'm like, hmm, okay. I think I know where the where the coronavirus came from. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> I think we Nick started to keep. I'll do lead. anything to win. We we may need we may need to look at Nick for insider trading. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> So uh, fantasy will kick back off once we get back going again. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll we'll get with Nick about the news of the day, and we'll have another uh, great great discussion about NASCAR fan bases. We'll come back with more of the inside pass right after this on WSIC. This is News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where the lake turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Did you know that Vesuvius Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria caters? That's right. Give them a call today at 704-924-7464, 704-924-7464, and let them make planning your next event or family gathering effortlessly. They're right at the Lowe Shopping Center, 118 Ventura Lane, Statesville. You won't find a better Italian restaurant anywhere. That's Vesuvio's Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria, 118 Ventura Lane, Statesville. WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Koser. All right, tonight we'll see a low of 55. Tomorrow starts quiet, and it'll be warm with a high of 78. Later in the day, though, a 60% chance for showers and storms, and that rain will last in early Thursday morning, clearing out by the afternoon, and it'll be cooler with a high of 67. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Hey Radio family, it's Margaret Beveridge from the WSIC News Desk. The Iredell County Department of Health and Human Services reports there are now 104 positive cases of COVID-19 in the county. Of these, 31 are isolated at home, 64 have been assumed or estimated to be recovered, 3 are hospitalized, and 6 have died. Businesses should close break rooms. Restaurants should consider disposable menus and plates. 
schools should have students eat lunch in their classrooms. These are some of the recommendations offered in a new federal plan designed to help restaurants, schools, churches, and businesses safely reopen as states look to gradually lift their coronavirus restrictions. The Rotary Club of Statesville has decided to postpone the opening date for the Rotary Farmers Market in downtown Statesville due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The market was scheduled to open on May 9th. WSIC is working around the clock to help keep you informed, so visit WSICFM.com as well as our Facebook page and stay tuned right here for more. Hey, I'm looking for some lumber. Well, what kind do you need? Well, we've got TNG, shiplap, rough sawn, dressed, edge and center bead, seeing better, hardwood, composite, and LVL. Hmm? Gosh, I didn't realize there was so much to choose from. Well, at Little Shavers, we know wood. No need to visit the big box stores. Little Shavers Woodshop is located just seven miles east off I-77 in Statesville. If you're struggling to pay the mortgage, making home affordable is a free government resource that can make it easier. Call 888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Come back to the Inside Pass on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, and Nick DeGroot with us, our special correspondent, kind of more family to us. Uh, He's been such an amazing part of our team for so long. He's been with the Inside Pass for probably at least most of our tenure. Uh, so far, and we are glad to have him on. He's actually going to be uh, one of our guests every month. We're, we're supposed to do a motorsports roundup show at the end of every month, but there's no motorsports to roundup, so um, <laughs> we're just having some fun uh, right now. But we're doing it. We did a fantasy draft. Uh, we're going to try to get Nick on uh, one of our Thursday shows in a couple of weeks, so we can kind of expand on this idea and kind of draft more guys and put them all in teams and stuff like that. So we'll let you guys know when that's going to happen. We're we're doing whatever. We're grasping at straws to figure out what to do until NASCAR comes back. So we're just kind well, of not really. Uh, it's well, just not really. Fun to do it's, it's fun to do. It's fun to do different And involve different guests. Uh, so we're going to have a, a discussion about NASCAR fan bases in a second, but I wanted to get Nick's thoughts on the two main stories that happened yesterday uh, with uh, Ryan Newman being medically cleared to return to racing and then Matt Kenseth being put into the 42 car. Uh, first of all, Ryan Newman, what are your thoughts on him, uh, his, I, I guess, in this case, record-breaking medical clearance because it's only been you know, a couple <laughs> months back. I mean, you know, in this, if you look at what at the accident, it's amazing he's even alive, but the fact that he's now medically cleared to return to racing is just an incredible gift from God, for sure. But what are your thoughts on uh, Ryan Newman being medically cleared to return to racing? Yeah, because of the current situation, he only ended up missing three races, and I believe he's still in the top 30 in points. So it's not really the uphill climb. We all thought it was going to be firm when he came back. But, yeah, that's incredible that this quickly, he's medically cleared, he's ready to go. Heck, I was shocked when he walked out of the hospital two days yeah. after the incident. Here we are two months on, he's ready to go back racing. I, I just think that's an incredible story. I think he's going to come back with uh, – he doesn't have anything to prove, but I think he's going to come back with a fire that we're going to see uh, a little bit of a spark under Ryan Newman when he comes back wanting to show everybody, all right, I can still do this. Watch this. It's crazy to believe that he left Daytona third in points because he finished third in the yeah. 500 upside down. Yeah. Um, and he's only lost, you know, whatever, 26 spots, but he's only, as Nick said, he's only, he's only lost three races. I mean, you know, in, I guess in hindsight, the coronavirus is kind of good to him because he didn't miss all those races. So he's only got to make up basically three races, you know, of, of you know, back time exactly. and then, you know, being able to go back. So that's that's good there. Um, and then Matt Kenseth, the other top story, of course, Matt, uh, being signed to drive the uh, 42 car in place of Kyle Larson for the remainder of 2020. 
I don't think anybody saw this coming. I, I, I know based on the things that you were, were retweeting and tweeting yesterday, Nick, you didn't see it coming either. What are your thoughts on uh, the, the reuniting of uh, Kurt Busch and, and Matt Kenseth over at CGR for the rest of the 2020 season? Yeah, when I heard them saying, oh, it's not going to be Ross, i immediately thinking, okay, it's Jamie Mack. They're going to bring back Jamie McMurray. He has a prior relationship with these sponsors. Jamie Ganassi have a good relationship. And then they hit us with that curveball, Matt Kenseth. So that's uh, that's pretty crazy. To hear that he actually contacted Carl, too, now that would have blown up the Internet. I think that would have yeah. ended NASCAR Twitter right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but Matt Kenseth coming back is so cool. I think he's still a very capable driver. He's kind of like a Mark Martin. He's 48 years old, but in his last race, which was with Roush, and back when they were really struggling, he finished sixth at Homestead. And the week before that, he finished seventh. He can get it done. And he was, what, 46 when that happened. So I'm very excited to see him in a car like the 42. Him back with Kurt Busch is going to be a bit of a blast of the past. But I don't think if a decade or so ago we went to you and say, hey, you know Kurt Busch and uh, Matt Kenseth? Yeah, they're going to be teammates again at Chip Ganassi Racing in a decade. I don't think anybody... Yeah. Off that. So that's, that's going to be an interesting combination to see. And I think Matt Kenseth is going to be very competitive in that 42 car. I don't think it's going to take him long at all to get acclimated. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And, you know, who, who knows what the future holds? I mean, you know, maybe he gets that fire back in him and decides he wants to drive, you know, a little bit longer term. We don't know what's going to happen with Ross at the end of this year. You know, he's still on borrow from CGR, so see, technically he's a CGR driver. That's so. an interesting point because I brought that up last night. If, if Matt succeeds here and really decides hey i can do this another year i don't believe chip's gonna fire him and put ross in the car oh, no. that would make no. ross technically available for other opportunities and here's the other thing i somebody had said to me before all of this happened when we were talking about free agents well keselowski may end up at Ganassi. And I said, I just can't see Chip passing up Chastain for Brad, who's only going to run necessarily, obviously, far less more years than Ross would. Mm -hmm. You want a guy for the future, right? Well, now this whole I love winners or I like winners kind of idea, maybe we do see Keselowski over there. I mean, it's I think this is really kind of shaking up what our thoughts were going into this whole silly season, offseason, because um Ross may not necessarily just inherit that car. All depends on what Matt wants to do if he does well now. And, you know, maybe uh, even, you know, what Brad might do as well, because Brad seems to be open to offers. And we don't know if the 48 is going to be available. So it's the, the, the silly season is just as oh, much of a mess crazy. as the schedule is. Speaking of the schedule, Nick, I, I don't know if you've been able to catch a glimpse of what the schedule might look like. And we've kind of talked about it here. I've been reaching out to several people this morning to try to get some sort of a you know, confirmation on what the schedule is. It looks like as of right now, it's going to be Darlington on the 17th, uh, two Charlotte races, um, then uh, the Bristol, Bristol and Atlanta, Texas. That's the, the schedule I was given this morning by Arnold Jacob Soman. But he said that's, you know, as of right now, that's the schedule. Um, do you know any more information uh, based on that? Or have you heard anything about what the schedule might look like going forward? Or, I mean, Tom and I kind of figured that, you know, we're, paying, we're playing this by a month, you know, like a month schedule at a time. So this is May's schedule. And then, you know, sometime in mid-May we'll get June schedule kind of based on government, you know, recommendations and what the CDC says is allowed and, what tracks are, are going to run and, and things like that. Do you know anything more than what we know about the schedule? Yeah, I don't know anything beyond that. All I know is it's going to be a very busy few months for NASCAR here. Uh, it, it's funny to think about all these um, 
things that were discussed before, like one-day shows and midweek races and potentially getting Darlington a second day to get in. Here we go. All it took was a global pandemic, and all that stuff's happening like in the blink of an eye. So it's crazy to see how quickly NASCAR is trying to adapt to this, and you have to commend them for that, too, because they're ready to adapt to it. They're ready to do what they have to do to get back racing. And uh, I'm just interested to see what races are going to be caught out this year, because I don't think every race is going to happen. I think there's certain races there's already been talked about Sonoma that may not even happen this year. So yeah. they'll replace they'll them like they're already doing with Charlotte running another race there. So I'm going to be interested to see what races get left out. And it will be interesting. Um, I think Sonoma's definitely gone. That would be my thought. Uh, you know, I think you, you can look at, at, at some other some other tracks. You wonder right now, um, when is Virginia going to be available again? Uh, we certainly figure that it will before the end of the season. But with NASCAR basically just playing to the number 36, uh, we could see all kinds of crazy things. I mean, I was even told that, that there may be a possibility of seeing a, a Nashville Fairgrounds or whatever if it gets to the point where um, some of these other bigger tracks just aren't going to be available for a while. Um, you got to go race in states where you can, and this could be a good opportunity to kind of experiment a little, especially while we're doing this whole made-for-TV thing right now anyway and not letting fans in the stands. It gives you an opportunity to maybe go go do something like that. Who knows? It's going to be really, really interesting to see how this unfolds over the next couple months and especially doing the whole Sunday-Wednesday thing. Yeah, and if you were to go to a shock like that, you don't have to worry about the logistics of 100,000 fans filing Right. Yeah, that's very true. Yep. That's very true. So all of this talk about the schedule and, and all the breaking news and everything has got NASCAR fans just up in arms on social media. Basically, every time they hear the word NASCAR, somebody gets you know gets offended or gets upset or gets mad or says, I'm not watching NASCAR again, even though the ratings keep going up. Uh, so it, it brings an interesting question, which is why are NASCAR fans so critical of our product? You don't really see with other sports, with the NFL, with the NHL, with NBA, with baseball, those fans are pretty relatively quiet. I mean, football fans are pretty passionate about their sport, but the other fans, while they have their hardcore fans, they don't really say anything about rules changes or things like that when other sports do make crazy changes. NASCAR seems to be the only fan base where fans just go absolutely nuts when they say, we're going racing, or, you know, social media and you know, social distancing and blah, blah, blah. So, Nick, why do you think that is? Because I, I know you're you're always on social media. You always, you know, I always see you kind of posting or retweeting things, you know, about you know, guys. Hey, you know, calm down. It's just a, you know, it's just a sport. Uh-huh. We're all going to be okay. Why are NASCAR fans so passionate about their product, and why are they so critical about everything that NASCAR says and does, no matter if it's good or bad? Nobody ever seems to be happy. Uh, I, I just think some people it just comes down to they like to complain, and I, yeah. I like to look at it. On, on an optimistic level, hey, it just shows that they're passionate about the product. They care about the sport. So that's the way I like to look at it. But some of it seems to just be complaining for the sake of complaining. I mean, I saw some people last night going off back and forth about Matt Kenseth getting a waiver. He shouldn't get a waiver and this and that. And then they go into a subway about how Kyle Busch is an illegitimate champion. It's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Yeah, every every news story that's posted, you know, by by a member of the media, whether it be you or or, or Jacob or you know, uh, Gluck or uh, Pockers or anybody in, in the media, anytime they post something, it's always a free for all. But the interesting thing about this is that Forbes did a study uh, a couple of weeks ago on fan bases, and NASCAR ranks second 
um, and less likely to watch the races once once the sport gets back going again. Um, with it was only like seven percent, but it, basically seven percent of the poll said they would be less likely to watch NASCAR once it returns to, to racing. We were they, we were second in. Um, uh, watching like behind F1 uh, of people that said you know whether it come when it comes back or not I'm not going to change you know I'm still going to watch it whatever um, and then we were next to last and most likely to watch um, the, I think the only thing behind us was like rugby or something like that which I didn't even know rugby was on TV um, as far as attendance goes we were second in every category from less to same to to more likely behind F1 again. Nineteen um, percent of the poll anticipated were highly anticipated for the return of the sport, and NASCAR ranked eighth out of the nine sports for most passionate fans behind just about every single sport in the world except for I think soccer or rugby or it's all the same sport to me. But it's Who just interesting. For it's Forbes, so it's all rich people. Yeah, enjoy. I mean, it's, I don't um, think they actually polled the fan base. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, like I said, <laughs> when I'm on social media, I don't see anything about any other sports except for I mean, baseball maybe because there's some you know talk about what baseball isn't going to do but the rest of the sports are completely silent football is playing you know games from seven eight years ago you know the the draft is about the most exciting thing that happened and it ended about three days and i haven't heard anything since so nascar seems to be the most talked about sport right now which i think is a good thing because based on the ratings of the iRacing stuff we might get to see some some you know millennial kids start actually watching this product again that's always a good thing Tom. yeah i agree i i think nascar i think there's a portion of the core fan base, mm-hmm. so to speak, from, you know, 30, 40 years ago that just loves to get on their keyboard and complain about what's going on now and pine for the old days. And being almost 53, I get it. Uh, you know, I like the old days too, but I'm not a fair weather fan. I mean, if I, if I don't like something, I'll express my opinion about it, but I'm a fan, I'm a fan, and I'm a fan of today's NASCAR as much as I was a fan of NASCAR in the 70s. I think there's, I think the fan base is changing, though. Um, I think you're starting to see more, more fans who appreciate road courses, for example. I think there's a different, it's going younger, it's going slightly more yuppie, um, you know, but there's still a hardcore southern regional fan base for the sport and you see them every time somebody says, maybe North Wilkesboro, maybe Rockingham, maybe this. I mean, I they they go nuts. So they're still there. They're just frustrated and they got to keep telling us how frustrated they are, even though, you know, we've heard it 10,000 times, you know, <laughs> stop. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but they, they're still watching. That's very true. Uh, Nick, yep. r- real quick, in about 10, 15 seconds, uh, you have a agree or disagree? Uh, I, I just... Absolutely agree. You have these two factions of the sport, and the fact that the younger fan base is rising is why they all keep arguing. Yep. That's, that's exactly right. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again next week on the Inside Pass with Christian Eckes, Thursday on Madness. Uh, we will see you guys then. Have a great week. Be safe. See you next week on the Inside Pass. News Talk for Concord. This is 105.9 FM, 100.7 FM, and 1400 AM, WSIC Statesville.